Hey, welcome everybody. This is Table Talk, your healthy theological radio diction. My name is Brent Kuhlman. I'm here with Pastor Clint Poppy. Who? Clint Poppy, of all people. Oh, man, what a clown. And Moline, who knows where he is? He's always gone uh, hunting, fishing, collecting money. Uh, he'll be back someday. Harvesting out of the garden. Yeah, he'll yeah, be and back he's, And he's missing a festive occasion today, Pastor. You know what today is, don't you? Go ahead, tell me. Today is our anniversary. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Today is the 100th program that we have oh, done. And you did, you did hundreds and hundreds of Table Talks programs before Pastor Moline and I came along. But uh, when we started this Lutheranism 101, working our way through the uh, catechism, uh, today marks the 100th program of the uh, three of us together and in typical fashion pastor Moline's not here with us not typical he's, miss, not. he's missing the anniversary and it tells you how important i or how i think these things are important i didn't even know where you're going with that when you said anniversary <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. no I, no party favors yeah. no no bells and whistles just uh grinding it out one more time typical cool but he's got so many so many irons in the fire he doesn't even know where he's at half the time you know yeah. so happy 100th birthday how about that how about well seinfeld had a hundred episode clips we maybe we should do that someday uh, that probably, I don't think the people could handle no, that. No, they couldn't handle it. They'd be it. driving in the ditch. Acts chapter 2, we've been rejoicing in, in the, the Holy Spirit and Pentecost. And just again to review where we've been and where we're headed, is that I was making the point that from Acts 2, the miracle of Pentecost is that the third person of the Trinity comes and dwells among men. And I think this is, uh, it, it's it's worth mentioning over and over and over again. I, I, I just, I... I've I've listened to, oh I can't I can't count how many Pentecost sermons I've listened to and there's I I can't I can't think of one right now that's actually made this point so I wanted to make this point because this is what the scriptures teach okay and so, te- and teach it clearly so the revelation of God has come at Pentecost and He actually dwells among men so whereas the second person of the Trinity the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us that's Jesus Christ. So now the third person of the Trinity, as you said the last time we talked, didn't take on flesh and blood, but is present, present among us in the church. And that's where I was talking. I was given, I was checking off a bunch of Bible passages to clinch this point, namely that whereas in the beginning in Genesis 1, God the Holy Spirit now no longer hovers over creation. Doesn't do that. And uh, he no longer only appears here and there for short moments of world history, but now with Pentecost, as Jesus promised. With Pentecost, the Holy Spirit now lives here on the earth, and he has a dwelling, he has a temple among men. And that's in the church. And it's also in individuals. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So also is the, the church. So where is the Holy Spirit at work? In the church through the word, and the word attached with water, the word attached with bread and wine. The word written in the Bible. Okay, this is really important. So I want to push this even further. The the word attached to the words of your pastor as well. When he speaks the word of God faithfully. Yes. 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 Exactly. He who hears she hears me. Uh, he who hears you hears me. And Jesus says in John's Gospel, John six, that the words that I speak are spirit. That's capital S spirit, and they are their life. So. 
I asked you the last time we talked, you know, if somebody ever asked you, Clint, are you full of the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. And then, of course, the next question that people would ask, well, how do you know that, Clint? You must have quit smoking, obviously. Or maybe you don't drink as much as you used to. Maybe you've even got well, your, well, your... I certainly did not quit smoking. I guarantee <laughs> you. That. I don't drink as much as I used to, uh, but that has nothing to do with uh, my personal piety. Uh, maybe, you, I would, maybe you've quit cursing. Maybe you've stopped that. Well, I'm, I probably curse under my breath more than I ever did before. And maybe you've made promises to do better, you know. Um, well, once in a while, especially being more patient on the fishing boat. But I would... Well, by the I, way, we're not against that, by no, the way. No, of course but, not. Uh, is that evidence that you're no, full of I Holy would, Spirit? I would, I would respond to you August 31st, 1958. That's when you... W- August 31st, 1958. That is a red-letter day in the life of Clint Poppy. That's the day I was baptized. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, That's where God gave you his divine and saving name. You were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And with that name, access. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think we can emphasize that enough, that that access by by putting his name on me, giving me access full and complete. The temple curtain is torn. Access full and complete to all the gifts that God has earned and freely distributed to me. Now, I want to have some fun because you you phrased it a certain way, and I want to have fun with that. And maybe we can remind ourselves to maybe brush our teeth and maybe speak even better. You said on that date in August, what year was it? (laughs) Eisenhower, yeah. 1958. You, well, how did you say it? I, I was baptized? Yes. Yeah. No, it, it is a historical fact. Yes. Historical fact. That's very good. Now, it's interesting. I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm gonna, yeah. I know where you're going. Okay. That's okay. So if I said to you, I was married, what, what might people oh, think? Oh, yeah, that you're no longer married. Right. I might be divorced. Oh. I might be a widower. That is a that is a uh, that that is a uh, great. Now, if you said I was married on such and such date, such and such year, in such and such county, or such and such church, that would be emphasizing the historical fact that it actually took place, right. and that you're not just shacking up, right? But by saying I am married, as I am baptized, there we go. Yeah. That that emphasizes the continuing nature and relationship that uh, God has created. So on the one hand, you can say, I was baptized. On the other hand, you could even answer it and clinch it more and say, I am baptized. I just wanted to have fun with it. And again, that's a, that's a both and, and I think that is a, that connection to marriage. Um, you know, sometimes I joke around. My wife doesn't always appreciate my humor, but sometimes I'll introduce her as, uh, "Oh, this is my first wife, Barb," and uh, yeah, see, she just yeah, she just cringes. And it's true, it's accurate, it's clever. You know, the first like three hundred times I did it, it was funny. It's not funny anymore, but it implies if you have a first that. There are second or yeah, third or fourth yeah. or whatever, and so uh, what becomes what becomes a joke is really not funny, really not funny. Now let's, this is my one and only. Let's get back to Acts because I I was making the point that the miracle of Pentecost from Acts two is that the Holy Spirit now dwells on the earth among men in the church through the Word and the sacraments. It's very interesting that Acts two 
we'll get to back we'll get back to Peter's sermon what he preaches because I want to talk about that but after Peter preaches you remember his sermon cuts these people to the heart and they ask him now what should we do and again I'm doing this to show you the miracle of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit now dwells on the earth among men and how, what's what's one of the ways he does it not only through the preaching of the gospel, of course, but in Acts 2, towards the end of the chapter, what should we do? Peter says, we'll be baptized, which is middle passive voice, which means let it be done to you. Um, be baptized in the name of Jesus, every one of you, by the way, which matches Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, make disciples of all nations. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy, Holy Spirit. And this, is, this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. My point again is uh, every baptism is Pentecost, a little Pentecost, if I can talk like this, whereby the Holy Spirit now dwells in that ba- the baptized person. In me. Because the Holy Spirit gives that person his name. And when, when whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, each person you, is now dwelling in you. Because you've been given the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He dwells. Pentecost, for lack of better terminology, is extended. I know that's not the best way to say it. But you understand what I'm trying to say here. The miracle of Pentecost continues. It wasn't just a one-time thing. But when Jesus promised in John 14 that he will be with you and be with you forever, it, it happens in your baptism. It's extended in the same way that when you when you throw a rock or a pebble into the water, the ripples extend out okay. from the center. And and again, every picture, every analogy breaks down at some point in time, but you see that you see that ripple going forth as it is extended in the same way that the gospel is extended to the four corners of the world. Pentecost is extended every time someone hears the word of God and believes. And I'm glad you said that. I want to get back to more baptism passages with the Spirit here in a minute, but I'm glad you said, because in Acts 2, the people from all over the world hear the gospel preached in their mother tongue. So every time you come to church and you hear the gospel preached in your mother tongue, the miracle of Pentecost is taking place. People don't think about this at all. Seriously, and I want to help them because this is such joy here. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Lutherans get the knock or the crit- criticism that uh, they don't understand Pentecost. They don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they denigrate the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We're just doing it. And without any fanfare, we're just preaching the word, administering the sacraments. People are hearing the word of God in their mother tongue. They're going home. They're sharing it with their family, their friends, whatever. That that miracle of Pentecost is extended. We're not articulating it or emphasizing it. We're just doing it. Yeah. So back to the, the connection here between the Acts 2, Holy Spirit, dwelling, baptism, Acts 2, 38, um, you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it's verse 11, when Paul says, now such were some of you, you know, like you were greedy, you were drunkards, you were homosexuals, etc. you were thieves. That's the way some of you were. But then he says, now you were washed, which is baptism talk. Um, you were sanctified. By the way, you were washed. Paul talks like this in Titus 3, more on that in a moment. You were washed. You were sanctified. That means holy. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, you see. And you were justified. How? In the name, 
Think of Acts 2.38, be baptized in the name of Jesus. So you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There he is, dwelling. How? When you were washed. Notice there's the were language, but the point is made. That's, he's referencing them to their historical baptism. Now, I mentioned Titus. So you remember um, Acts twenty two sixteen, where Paul recounts when he was baptized by Ananias, and Ananias told him, what are you waiting for, man? Get up, be baptized. It's passive voice. Let it be done to you. Be baptized uh, and wash away your sins. Wash away your sins. There's the word verb, washed, in Acts 2, 6, 22, 16, now in 1 Corinthians 6, and then in Titus 2, same author, Paul, you were washed, okay? God, God saved you, Paul says in Titus 3, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Now, where would have Paul learned that? Well, from the Lord Jesus, who told Nicodemus that to be born, you, to, to enter into the kingdom of God, to be given the kingdom of God, you have to be what? Born again or born from above by water and the Spirit. It's amazing that that text that you just read from Titus is the appointed epistle reading for Christmas for, Day. for either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, depending on what series you're in, yeah. connecting the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ with the gift and the outpouring of the Holy and Spirit. And your new birth. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, we'll come back. There's more meat on that bone. 